Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Tuesday afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson, all with the Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Got a great show. Looking forward to our guest uh, on the show today, somebody we have been wanting to talk to for a long time, and uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Quick reminder that the Opening segment of the show every day is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss. Dickie's cooks delicious meats seven days a week in their restaurants around the state, certainly here in Hattiesburg next to the mall, and they will cater any event for you, large or small. Kelly Sander and I, big fans of Dickie's Barbecue. You never, never have a bad day at Dickie's. And like I said, there is a charge for the meat, but never a charge for a nice big whiff as you drive by on uh, Turtle, by Turtle Creek Mall there. And how do you finish every Dickie's meal, Kelly? With a mountainous bowl of soft-serve ice cream. <laughs> mountainous, ladies and gentlemen, yes. being the key word. Yeah, they always say at Dickie's, uh, and how many people are with you, Mr. Sander? Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's just me. <laughs> I can't help it. I like oh, it. Man. All right. Glad you're, with, glad you're with us this afternoon. I'll get it out here in a second. Our first guest, somebody we've uh, all talked about getting on the show, and uh, we're very excited to have James Green on the Eagle Hour. He, of course, uh, was the basketball coach, head basketball coach at Southern Miss from 1996 to 2004. Also head basketball coach uh, in recent years at Mississippi Valley State, Jacksonville State, and presently at Meridian Community College, served as an assistant at Idaho, Texas A&M, Alabama, Iowa State. A man that there's no doubt about it knows the game of basketball, and we're glad to have him on the show. Coach Green, pleasure to have you on our program. Well, thanks for having me on, and uh, you're you're so kind to do so, and uh, excited to visit with you guys. Well, we're going to keep you for a little while. If you've got some time, we want to talk to you about your career. We want to talk to you about basketball. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you is this: uh, I, I think you've, I think you have taken on some ch- uniquely challenging positions in your career. Reading your biography now, if, if I'm correct about this, you were the first black coach of any major sport hired at Jacksonville State University. And uh, you did very well there. And then I take you back to 1996 when you come in and and you replace a guy that I think it's fair to say was uh, pretty flamboyant in his own way, uh, very popular with a lot of Southern Miss people, and, and really an iconic figure uh, at Southern Miss and M.K. Turk. 
Coach, when you take on those sorts of challenges, like the two that we've just uh, mentioned, are those right? Uh, do those add to the difficulty uh, of uh, of taking the job? Well, you know, I think it's something that uh, you know goes through your mind, but it's it's something when you get uh, really wrapped up in the task at hand, uh, you just start thinking about your goals and. Uh, how to accomplish those goals. So it, it means very little at the time that you're going through it. Uh, to be honest, I think it probably means more to me now to be able to look back at that time and, and realize that, uh, you know, it was such a blessing and uh, opportunity to, to be able to accomplish something like that. And in particular at Southern Miss and, uh, to give you the story uh, about that, um, you know, I had been away as an assistant for some time, had spent all of my life in Mississippi when I left Jim Hill High School and went to the University of Idaho. And to have an opportunity to come back in, in, in a short amount of time, actually, although I had been at four different universities, Eight years later, after I had been the head coach at Jim Hill High School, you know, I had that opportunity to, to be at Southern Miss. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful experience for someone that grew up in the state of Mississippi and uh, was very much aware of Coach Turk and uh, the things that he had accomplished. Uh, and, I, and I always told our campers the story of me attending Southern Miss's basketball camp and Coach Turk being the head coach there and me sitting on that floor, never crossing my mind that someday I may have the opportunity that he had. And, you know, it's just a great honor to, to be able to do something like that. And, um, you know, just not only uh, Coach Turk and what he had meant to me even before uh, I took the job at Southern Miss, but the support that he gave and uh, so many other people in the community uh, gave to me and our program at that time uh, really meant a lot. So I guess that was a, a, a long story uh, to get to the point of, of what that really means to be able to say that you were the first um, to, to be able to do some of those things. But the fact that it happened in the state of Mississippi and the state that I grew up in and uh, that it happened at a university that I had attended camp and uh, kept up with over the years uh, really meant a lot to me. So, Coach, when uh, w- Coach, when you came uh, to Southern Miss, uh, did Coach Turk just disappear out of the scene or did you guys communicate? Did you talk to him about things he had done? Did he show his support for you? He, he, he showed tremendous support. Uh, he, he, it was not like he was at practice every day or uh, that we talked every day, but the thing that I remember the most is that when times were, were tough and we had some tough times, is that seems like that's when he was most supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that meant a lot to me coming from him uh, that, you know, his experience, uh, at Southern Miss and being a head coach and uh, just the type of person uh, that he was, 
meant, meant so much to me that he would provide that support during some very tough times. Coach James Green with us here on the Eagle Hour today, former Southern Miss uh, head basketball coach. Coach Green, first of all, whoever is picking out your clothes does a terrific job, man. You are always high, sty- <laughs> you are always high styling and profiling, man, and I, I like that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Sometimes uh, when, when you're getting old, uh, you just have to put on some different things to make it make it seem like you're not quite as old as you are. And I, I guess that's what I've been doing lately. Well, I, everything I put on has got to have a lot of elastic in it. We'll just put it that way. But, but Coach, that's that Nicky's barbecue. <laughs> that, that, that's right. But going back, when, when you first got to Southern Miss, you, you were out in public, and I remember you, you'd talk to people and say, what, what do you think we need to get accomplished on the basketball court? And people said, well, we, we've always played good offense. We just... Got to you know tighten up defensively, and and you used the phrase with players, and I'm paraphrasing here, that our players have got to learn that the basketball court is level and not tilted toward the offensive end of the floor. What did you mean by that? Well, you know, I think uh, is is to make sure that we had uh, a complete game in place, and you know, one of the things that. Uh, Coach Turk was able to accomplish uh, at the time, which it changed a little bit uh, over the years. He was able to get some of the uh, marquee guys that were really good on the offensive end, and I think during the time that I that I came in, uh, we weren't getting a Clarence Weatherspoon or a Randolph Keys right out of the gate. We had players in the program that were good kids that we needed to develop. And in order for us to be competitive, not only did we have to play really smart on the offensive end, but we had to be very competitive defensively and have a lot of value for that. And we had to convince, uh, you know, our fans at the time that uh, defensively, is something that we want to be proud of. And, and I can remember using the example of, of football is that we take a lot of pride in, in the defense that we had out on the football team at that time. And, uh, you know, basketball is a different sport, but uh, and you play both sides of, sides of the ball and that we had to be just as proud of our defensive efforts, uh, how our kids handle themselves on the court, the class, in which they represented the university and the fact that we wanted them to have degrees from Southern Miss and that we just needed to take pride in every phase of the game and that if we were going to have an opportunity to win with maybe a little less talented offensive players is that we could make that up on the defensive end and, and that that was perfectly fine. All right, we're talking to a head, a former head basketball coach, James Green. We're going to get Luke involved in the conversation. Uh, coach, if you'll stick around, we'd like to keep you through the break and keep you for another segment. Is that good? Absolutely. All right, Coach James Green on the Eagle Hour. Great conversation uh, with a great basketball coach. Look forward to getting Luke involved right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Full crew from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great place to stock up on Southern Miss apparel and swags. Three sixty-five. They're open uh, Monday through Saturday, right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. If you're listening in other parts of Mississippi and uh, you want to shop their great, great inventory, you could just go to campusbookmart.net. We're talking to James Green, who I I think I've said on this show before. I think is the most underrated coach that uh, the university's had uh, in in my history. Uh, with Southern Miss, and uh, we're very glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. All right, Luke Johnson, get in here, man. James Green on the Eagle Hour. Coach, thanks uh, Thanks for coming on today. It's great to talk to you. You were uh, the, the year that we won the conference championship, 2000-2001. That was my senior year in high school. I was transitioning to the university, coming on the next fall. And I want I want you to talk to us uh, about that team and that squad. I remember when we won the regular season conference championship, Van Jones and some of those guys, Mims, walking off the, the court, and people were celebrating in Reed Green. It was such a culmination of such hard work. What do you remember uh, most about that season? Well, I, th- I think probably the way that we finished the season, uh, you know, and the fact that everyone was so involved from every player on our team, uh, the commitment that they had made from uh, the fall of the year, from conditioning and uh, how our fans had finally uh, embraced the team and, and that they played with so much pride uh, down the stretch to be able to accomplish that. And, uh you know, it, it, it was just a, a great feeling. And, uh, you know, Van Jones, uh, you know, to mention one of those players had uh, come to, he was the first guy that I recruited when I came to Southern Miss. And we had talked about winning a championship with those guys. And, for him to be a, be a part of that and to experience that and what he had gone through in his college career and uh, what he's been able to accomplish after that, and not only him, but a lot of guys that were on that team uh, have been very successful. And just to see guys realize that, that all the work and putting up with a, a coach that sometimes they probably didn't quite understand uh, to be able to experience that, uh, it, it was just it was a, it was a great feeling, and um, that's one of my most uh, memorable years in coaching. Period, and I've uh, been blessed to to have that. But that was that was a highlight, it, and it should have been. I was looking through this schedule, Coach. Uh, you beat Nolan Richardson, John Calipari, and Denny Crum that year. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, well, I I I would say this because uh, we always say it in coaching. My players beat his players, <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that that's uh, that's always uh, you know that's the part of coaching that you you have to understand is is how do you get your players in a position to to win against the other players and. Uh, so it, it, it is a great feeling and, uh, you know, to know that those guys had done a good job with their programs, their teams, their careers, and, 
well established around the country as named coaches that that we could go and do that and accomplish that with the group of guys that we had. Uh, you know, it, it, it is uh, something that's notable uh, to me. It's not something that's a boastful thing, but uh, I, I do take some pride in that. Coach, I wanted to ask you, when you first come to Southern Miss, you know, you not only had to had players have to adjust to your, to your style, but a fan base as well, because you had a Golden Eagle fan base that was used to seeing Southern Miss win or lose 112 to 108, you know, 100 to 96. Those were the more common scores. And then in your tenure, you kind of look at these scores, it was, you know, 51 to 47. You know, it was, it was a completely different style of game. Right. You know, so did you did you find yourself also having to kind of train a fan base that look things are are different now? There's a, there's a new sheriff in town. Absolutely, uh, you know, and and you know every coach has to uh, coach to their strengths and get players to play to their strengths. And you know, I applaud uh, Coach Turk for how they played and how exciting it was. And uh, we just needed to convince people that. We could take a lot of pride in, in how we played in, in order to try to win games and that we had to make winning uh, the ultimate goal and that if it was 56 to 52 and we came out on top, then we all felt better the next day. Uh, and it, it, and it, it took a while because I, I can remember a lot of people that were very supportive of the program that would make the comment that that possibly we might would rather lose if the score was in the nineties, and uh, simply because they, you know, we we struggled to have a consistent fan base during that time, and that's not a knock against uh, our fans, uh, but at the same time, it, it was an opportunity for us to educate and and have them appreciate uh, something different and and make that crossover. Uh, again, I go back to the original conversation is that, you know, the scouting reports, the the people coming into the state and starting to recruit during the 90s uh, was a lot, uh, you know, a lot more schools coming in. I can remember being at those other places, and I was coming to Mississippi to try to take talent out of Mississippi. And uh, so it, it, it got a little bit more difficult to always – have the talent that you could go play at that pace, it would have pleased me uh, for us to be able to play with the score being the 90s and hold everybody else to 70, <laughs> you know, <laughs> win by 20. But uh, we just weren't capable of doing that with the uh, offensive firepower that we had. We had to make sure that we took the best shots and had the, the guys that were capable of making those shots, getting the best looks and those type of things. And uh, so it, it, it was a great experience, and I and I really appreciate uh, the fan base uh, for for making that adjustment and, and being supportive of our guys. And um, you know, it, it, it was a great experience for me, and 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 hopefully, uh, you know, with, with with Coach Ladner that's there now, uh, that they'll be patient with him trying to build a program in the mode that he needs to build it. And I think he's the perfect guy for the job. And obviously he's got a couple guys on the staff that worked for me. One worked for me, Cal Rohn, while I was at Southern Miss and also at Jacksonville State and his operations uh, 
person. Garland Wilson was also with me at Jacksonville State. And, of course, I've known Jay for years and uh, just a quality, quality coach and person. And I just hope that they can uh, uh, be patient and have them uh, grow and they'll win another championship. All right, Coach, just a minute or so left. Before we let you go, we've interviewed a number of your players and they all have great respect and love for you, but we heard a story I want you to verify for us as whether or not maybe it's been exaggerated. You're, you're on a recruiting trip. If it's one, that it's okay for me to okay. verify. You're on a recruiting trip. You get back that night, late in the evening, and you discover that one of your players has violated a team rule by not going to class, not, not doing something that was uh, forbidden. <laughs> And according right. to this player, you summoned the entire team to Reed Green at midnight and had them run sprints for a couple of hours. True, that, not true? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> well, they hadn't forgotten, Coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, well one, one of the things uh, that I'm very proud of is, is our graduation rate and our class attendance, and we had very little problem with that afterwards. I'm sure you did. (laughs) I'm sure you did. Amazing how that works. Hey, Coach, great, great conversation. We're really really grateful to you for coming on the show. We're going to get you back again, if you don't mind, because uh, we got – we got another couple segments we could do with you. And I, and I saw Coach Green when they were playing Pearl River down in uh, in Pop Vegas a little while ago, and I said, Coach Green, how come we've never had you on the Eagle Hour? And this man and his sheer brilliance came back with an answer I would have never thought of. What's that? You've never asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've taken care of that oversight now, Coach, and we're going to be doing it again in the near future if that's good with you. Hey. Southern Miss to the top. All right. Coach James Green, everybody, a, a, a true great, great coach uh, that Southern Miss was very privileged to have. All right. So when we come back, guys, uh, we're, not, we're, we're done with guests, but we can always find. So you got the Massey ratings there. And I I'm do. sure Luke's got some really good stuff to and, talk and, about. And in the commercial break, this is kind of an extended commercial break. I'll be over here counting more ballots from uh, Story from County, Iowa. Iowa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, maybe Kelly will have time to explain why his – his brethren in Iowa have such difficulty counting. Uh, we'll try to broach that subject as well. Uh, we'll be right back. To the top. 27. Back on a Tuesday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street 
in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Be sure to check them out on Facebook also for daily specials. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Luke, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Appreciate James Green for uh, visiting with us those first two segments. Guys, it, it was pretty extraordinary when you look at that 22-9 that and 2000-2001 team. Second game of the season uh, up in Fayetteville. They beat Nolan Richardson and the Razorbacks. And then in Conference USA, it was pretty interesting. It was Denny Crum's last year at Louisville, and it was John Calipari's first year at Memphis. And what does James Green do? He beats both of them. Goes to the NIT that year. And uh, like you said, Bob, I believe he is uh, one of the most underrated coaches that's ever coached at the university. Well, look, he won 116 games in his eight years here. He went to the NIT twice. He had two 22-win seasons I mean, he, you know, he overall did a really, really good job. I, I agree. I just think he was terribly underrated. And Van Daryl Jones, one of the guys that he was talking about that that he coached. Man, Van Jones is in uh, public school administration. I think he's a principal at the elementary school in Hattiesburg. Man, you look at Van Daryl Jones today. He looks like he could still play. Man, right? I mean, he's well. Here's solid. another thing about the coach guys. He he when he was let go here, he went to Mississippi Valley. Uh, he in three years he took him to the NIT and the NCAA. And was named SWAC Coach of the Year his third year there before he made the decision to leave, and I think must have gotten. I think he got into a difficult situation in Jacksonville State from from what I've read. A lot of academic problems, just a a basketball program really kind of flat of its back, and uh, and and went down there, and I, I think did a respectable job down there as well. You know, when he was at at Idaho and and Iowa State, you know, there's the the. Uh, the Larry Eustachie factor there, and there's the Tim Floyd factor. You know, Tim Floyd was mm-hmm. who's from Hattiesburg, and then went on to coach Iowa State, and then the Chicago Bulls. He was an assistant under under Tim Floyd at at uh, Idaho. Then Tim Floyd went to Iowa State. Larry Eustachie took over at Idaho. James Green was an assistant there when he left. When Tim Floyd left to coach the Bulls, then Eustachie went to Iowa State. James Green followed him, and so there's always those those ties between Hattiesburg, Southern Miss, and Iowa State. I'll tell you something you said, Luke, too, that uh, made me reminisce. You were talking about the year that uh, you guys had such a nasty, good defensive football team, and the basketball team uh, did so well that year, winning 22 games. Uh, oh, gosh, the, just the thought of, of good defense uh, – just kind of brought back a lot of memories, Luke, and, and you had it in both sports back in that day, didn't you? Well, you think about it, too, on the diamond, uh, Corky's over there, too. Right, right. Now, you know, you, you think about it, James Green and, and uh, Jeff Bauer, in a lot of ways, same coaching mindset, hard nose. Uh, we're going to win on defense. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it really it really was a unique time when, when he was there simply because um, – he he didn't have some of the success that I think people ultimately wanted him to have, and in some ways you wonder. It, can we be honest? It's hard to replace a legend. It's always is that the guy is. who replaces the legend has probably the toughest uh, role in in any program in history, and and I think. Coach Green unfairly um, faced some of that uh, towards the end of his career. Kelly experienced the same thing at uh, Channel Seven. 
I, I yeah, <laughs> at Channel Seven in Hattiesburg, WDAM TV. I, I was a sports anchor over at, in Odessa, Texas, when all the Friday Night Light stuff was going on. Mm. And so I applied for this job at WDAM TV, and they're going, "Man, I don't know how you're going to replace Bob Getty." <laughs> Not, <laughs> but, but and of course it I did pretty easy. Did, Easier than you thought. Right? I didn't yeah. know who he was, you know. Uh, but you learn. You live. We didn't really. either, Kelly. It's okay. We didn't either. <laughs> but I was. But had you not mentioned that, Luke, about following MK uh, Turk, I was going to because yeah, that's and and completely contrasting styles too. Oh yeah. You know, you had the high flyers that that MK Turk had, and yeah, it, it was entertaining. You know. Um, to but, this day, people compare coaches to MK Turk's team. Yeah, I mean, but they'd win. I remember there was one game they were playing when MK Turk was a coach. They played at Virginia Tech when Wally Lancaster was there and. And Bimbo Coles and some of those, you know, great players. And Steph Curry's dad um, was playing uh, for the Virginia Tech Hokies at that time. And I think I think Southern Miss went triple overtime. I think the final score was like 164 to <laughs> 158 and like triple overtime. It was just amazing, you know. And then here Coach Green comes in and the final scores are 52 to 48. And you got some people going, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, compared to those uh, that those high scoring games. Looking at the latest Massey ratings in college basketball, Southern Miss second to the bottom in the Masseys in Conference USA. Remember, there are three hundred and fifty three Division One schools. Southern Miss listed at two fifty four. As has been most of the year, Louisiana Tech leads the way. Louisiana Tech 72nd in the overall Massey ratings. They're up three spots. The uh, Bulldogs have a 17-5 and five record. North Texas has been pretty consistently number two, as has Western Kentucky third. North Texas comes in the 96th spot overall. Western Kentucky won 22, even though the Hilltoppers are down 22 spots. The biggest mover in the Massey ratings this week is UAB. UAB up to 155. That is up 32 notches after last week's play. Florida International comes in at 173, down six spots. So there are five teams out of the 14, five out of 14 in Conference USA, which are in the top half there we go. of the college rankings, which means that uh, uh, nine of them are below mm. the middle middle part of the rankings there in um, in the Masseys, although Charlotte and FAU are right there on the cusp at 176 and 177. The biggest uh, movers, we mentioned UAB up 32 spots. The biggest loser for the week is Texas San Antonio. The Roadrunners are down to 220. That's down 30 spots. The Eagles are up 11 spots, a 7-16 and 16 mark overall, but they are up 11 spots to 254. The worst team, according to the Massey ratings in Conference USA, is Middle Tennessee. The Blue Raiders are at 295 mm. with a 6-17, and 17, and that's up 23 spots. So that win over Southern Miss helped the Blue Raiders there. All right, Luke, here's two good stories out of the Super Bowl I found this morning. Um, one of the young defensive linemen for the Kansas City Chiefs announced that he's going back home. He's going to his local animal shelter. He's going to pay the adoption fees and all the medical expenses for every animal in the shelter so that they will ease the burden of all of those creatures finding homes. And he's going to pick up the tab for the entire animal shelter. That's a hero in my eyes. Awesome. Also, the head coach Andy Reid, uh, Luke, says that it will be an honor to take the Kansas City Chiefs to the White House. Yeah, I, I read that quote today. I mean, I even like the uh, the running back from LSU. 
you know, he, he, he made this comment. He said, I don't have to agree with anything the guy does. He's the president of the United States. Correct. Why would I not want to go Correct. and be there? Yeah, I, I think Reed's exact quote was, uh, yeah, I'll be there if we go. Uh, it's kind of an honor, you know. Right, and I'd say this, For guys. Sure. Uh, I, I became an LSU fan with the way those kids on that team and their coaching staff reacted to being invited to the White House and the way they represented themselves uh, you know, in Washington at the White House. Kudos, kudos to the LSU football program. And, uh, boy, there's a lot of people could learn a lot of lessons from those kids in Baton Rouge. But, you know, here well, – I mean, here's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't care who it is. If, if you get invited to meet the leader of the free world, you I'm go. there. I don't care what party he is. I don't care if I disagree with his policies. You know, I – it would be an honor to meet the president of the United States, no matter where you're from or what. It's it's stupid and petty and un-American to refuse that. Well, it just it just shows a lack of intelligence, in my opinion. Right. I mean, I I didn't vote for Mr. Obama in either times that he ran for the presidency. However, I prayed for him regularly. I wanted him to succeed because we, as a people, you know, would succeed, and I, it would have been a highlight of my life to get to meet him, whether I agree with his policies or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if people just, if, can you not just put your politics aside every once in a while and, uh, and respect a person for who they are and they were freely yeah. elected and, and that's what we're supposed to hold dear can, in this uh, People like Beyonce and her husband who have become billionaires uh, largely because of the free enterprise system of the United States not show enough respect to stand your sorry ass up when they're playing the national anthem well that's why i broke it off with her that's yeah. why i told her she and i are through that, that's you how, meant it too that, didn't that, you? That, that's how jay-z so got meeting the president how would that compare to when you met johnny mathis wow now let me ask the young millennials on the show <laughs> you guys have a clue let's start with you luke who johnny mathis is Heard of him, yes. Uh, how about you? Absolutely. How about you over here, Brandon? Get off that computer, Brandon. I don't want to see you on the computer. Do you know who Johnny Mathis is? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> he was born September 30th, 1935. He had to Google him. He had to Google him. Oh, my goodness. You know? Thought he was going to say, yeah, he used to host the Tonight Show. Uh, right. Well, I'm with you, Luke Johnson. I, 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 You're right. I mean, you go to the White House if you're invited. It doesn't matter who the president is. And you really just just shake his hand and get a, a photo taken with him, and that's that's all. You know? I agree. So, all right, we'll be back. Wrap the Eagle Hour up after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Back on a Tuesday, Toyota of Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Go on their website, toyotahattiesburg.com. Check out all the inventory, new, pre-owned, certified, some of the best vehicles in the world. Toyota Hattiesburg, fourth segment of the Eagle Hour sponsor, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. A couple baseball announcements. The Dugout Club kickoff is tonight at Brewski's. J.C. Keys, Kurt McCarty, Taylor Braley, Matt Walner is supposed to uh, to be there. Uh, 6 to 7.30. John Cox and Seymour and some of the cheerleaders will be there tonight. So Dugout Club is a kickoff um, tonight in Hattiesburg. Uh, also with baseball, the Fan Day is set up there this coming Saturday at Pete Taylor Park. The 11th annual uh, Fan Day this Saturday, February the 8th, 10 a.m. It's going to have a free kids camp, an autograph session, and then an inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, Seymour and other people will be on hand for uh, some autographs, so uh, make plans for that. All right, guys, um, while we were you, y'all were reminiscing, I went and did some uh, research work. February the 6th. 1988, so just under 32 years ago, the Golden Eagles took on the Virginia Tech Hokies up in Blacksburg, Virginia. Is this the game I was it talking wasn't about? Tri- yes, it wasn't triple overtime, Kelly. It was only double overtime. Okay. Eagles right. got beat 141 to 133. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, just, I just remember I'm going, uh, defense apparently is optional in this game. Uh, now, you also said that did you not say that the two highest scoring games in Virginia Tech history were against Southern Miss? Uh, up to that point, yeah. And, uh-huh. and this particular game, the the loss, uh, the Eagles, Bimbo Coles for Virginia Tech had 51 points. Uh, another guy had 40 points. So two players scored a, a 91 of the 141 points. Casey Fisher actually had an opportunity to win it at the end of the game of regulation for the Eagles, but they dropped it. So the the, the Hokies avenged. A loss two weeks before that, on January the 16th, 1988, at Reed Green, Coach Turk and the Eagles beat Virginia Tech 127 to 102. That was a nail biter. That's some offense. Yeah, but they had 60 some points at halftime, right? Which is, which is a lot of the final in, in scores. The, in the 141 to 133 game, the Eagles scored 62 points in the first half. It was 62 48 at the break. Those were the days, boys. Those were the days. But, that, but those Virginia Tech teams, you talked about Bimbo Coles, uh, Wally Lancaster, and as I mentioned, Steph Curry's dad. Steph Curry, you know, the star of the NBA's Golden yeah. State Warriors, his dad, Del Curry, was playing on that Virginia Tech team. I mean, they hit some players at Virginia and, and Tech. Back in those days, the Golden Eagles went head-to-head with Virginia Tech, Florida State, Louisville, Memphis, Cincinnati, Big time basketball, and they would always program. play Louisville like on on a Tuesday night because um, when they played at Reed Green, because Denny Crum would always co- want to come early so that he could fish out uh, here at Lake Serene. Yeah, he, he right here by our big, studios. Really, he was big buddies with Coach. Yeah, Kirk. they, they love really close friends. Love to fish, you know. And then when the, and then when they blew the whistle and you had the tip. They were anything but friends for the next two hours. <laughs> I, I was covering media day one time over in Atlanta back when it was the Metro Conference days. And we'd taken a break. My my cameraman, the, the late Joey Tynes, he had sat down. He'd been on his feet most of the day. We'd interviewed just about everybody. There's nobody else in the interview room, right? And all of a sudden, I've got my back to the doorway, and somebody stands in the door. He said, would anybody like to interview me? And I turn around, and there's Denny Crumb. <laughs> And who, I said, sure. I, yeah. Who, who, like who young people may not know today was one of the most prominent basketball coaches in the country. No question. 
And he always always had the carnation, you know, yeah. and the, the red vest that he used to wear. All right, now look, before we run out of time, uh, this is this is for Luke and Brandon. You guys didn't really know who Johnny Mathis was, so Kelly is going to give us a little Johnny Mathis rendition. Go oh, ahead, Bob, Kelly. Go this ahead. This is just so embarrassing. Yeah, well, go ahead. <clears throat> Here we go. Pay attention, guys. It's not not for me to say I love you. Nope. <laughs> Thank you. Now, do you remember him now, Luke? Luke? I know him because he, he's, he does the uh, the Christmas songs. <laughs> yes. Like his version of Winter Wonderland is like one of my favorite versions of, of that song. That come yeah. to mind, Kelly? No. Yeah, I just listened to him a bunch. Yeah. Oh, and he had too much, too little, too late with Denise Williams and... Oh, well, you know, I've heard that. See, I know I knew about this because several years ago, he came to the Beau Rivage. Right. And as I recall, Kelly came to me and got me to do some kind of something to get you backstage. Yeah, right? I got to interview him. Yeah, that, that's know? what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Kelly got set up through us and uh, did an interview with Johnny Mathis. The only person on Columbia Records that has sold more records than Johnny Mathis is somebody named Barbara Streisand. Is that right? I can tell you how prominent Johnny Mathis Somebody. was. Do you do a Barbara Streisand? No. No? Okay. Oh, did you say memories, what? I, do memories, you do I do that? a Barbara Streisand? Yeah. Okay. You, no, you I'm I thought you said Barbara. something else. No, no, no. no. <laughs> can you give me a little line of memories, maybe? From uh, Barbara Streisand. Oh, no. I don't do Barbara yeah, Streisand. I told do you her. I don't do drag anymore. I gave oh, all that up. Okay. Hey, all next right. week we're going to be... We're going to be... To the top. To the top. Doing remotes at 4th Street next week, right? To get ready for the baseball season. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> but we are going to be at Four Street, getting ready for the baseball season <laughs> next week, and and somewhere else next week too. Well, I told you we're going to be at Sully to no, the no, top. No. We're going to be at uh, Four Street. Fuzzies, Four yeah. Street, and Fuzzies, Friday. Fuzzies next week. I told you I stopped doing drag and I put on the weight and the high heels. I struck oil one time. Jeez. I'm out. <laughs> Catch y'all tomorrow. Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. <laughs> Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.